Hey, Men of Iron supporters, viewers, and listeners, this is Executive Director Garrett Barbush. Man, I'm so grateful that you have taken the time to watch or listen to this podcast today. Listen, I just want to give you a heads up. This uh, particular episode 11 is a little longer than normal, but for good reason. And we do not want you to miss out on this incredible, incredible interview uh, with the man of many nations, Alex Diener. Man, Alex's story, his testimony, and the things that God is using him to do throughout the world is amazing. And I want to ask you, and I encourage you, to stay tuned in the entire time because I believe that you will receive a blessing from listening to this podcast. Thank you again for your support to Men of Iron and for listening and watching today. Welcome to the Men of Iron Podcast, where we equip and encourage men to grow to be godly leaders in their families, churches, and communities. Thanks for listening. Welcome, world, to the Men of Iron Podcast. We are live at Supply, home to the Men of Iron office. I'm sitting beside my brother from another, Garrett Nathan Barbush. Wow, use the middle name. I, I appreciate to. it. I had to. Stevie, we're back. We're back in Supply after a one-episode hiatus from from the floodwaters yeah it feels good man it was uh it was nice to kind of uh have that opportunity to film off-site but it feels good to be back it does we're not sharing headphones this no, time which is that fantastic was, yeah, that was that was awkward yeah, yeah. We well today's too close for my comfort but anyway <laughs> you guys, hey you can scoot closer if you want uh, just get us started will you steve episode 11 is brought to you by dishworks dishworks is the united states leading provider of culinary content services for agencies brand managers and marketers so go to dish dashworks.com to find out more. We love Dishworks. They're actually neighbors to us here in Supply, so yeah, go check um, them out. They, they I either love them or I hate them, depending on the day, because uh, I love them the day that they're cooking and there's food available to eat. I hate them the day that they're cooking and there's no food mm, to eat. That's a valid point. But Mary yeah. is amazing. Valid point. Mary. Mary is amazing. It always smells good on this side of the building. It does. She's yeah, amazing. She's great. Well, I think it's about time we introduce our special guest today. This is an exciting podcast. We're excited to have Alex with us. Alex Diener is a passionate lover of Jesus and people. His desire is to see the simplicity of the gospel and the power of the cross multiplied everywhere he goes. He is originally from Lancaster County, but he's a man of many nations. He has had been serving as an international missionary with Iris Global for two years until the Lord redirected him to Reynosa, Mexico. I hope I'm saying it all right. To serve long-term with the That's Iris right. base in Mexico, known as Kaleo International. Did I get all that right, That's Alex? right. Yeah, wow. that's right. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Well, welcome, man. Thank you. Thank yeah. you for having me, guys. It's Alex, awesome. Uh, I'm so excited to have you. I, Steve, I didn't tell you to put this in, but I wanted to start out and let our, like, our listeners and, and viewers know. Um, so I got introduced to Alex through Cutco. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> I think it was my sister and brother-in-law who had bought some knives from you. So, yep. Alex, just we're going to get into your take five, but okay. I want to make sure that we don't forget to tell the story because I believe that you paid for like your college. That's right, yeah. Through Cutco. Actually, that's a God story as well. I was in high school. I was playing high school football at Conestoga Valley, and I was a quarterback. Didn't have time to work a normal job, and so all the places I interviewed for weren't hiring with my schedule because I, I needed super, super flexible schedule. And so I went, I came home one day and my mom said, Alex, why don't you pray about it? I'm sure God cares, God cares about your job. And at that time in my life, and I'll, I'll get into this in a little bit, but at that time in my life, I didn't really believe in the power of prayer, but I prayed anyway, because my mom was asking me to. So I did, and I prayed and I said, God, if you want me to have a job, then give me this job. And two days later, I got this letter in the mail saying they were hiring right away. It was the Cutco job. I got the Cutco job, and after working there full time, on and off for about four years, ended up paying for almost all of my college education. Yeah. 
Yeah, so that was incredible. So if you can't tell by now, Alex is a go-getter. He's excited (laughs) and he's passionate about everything he does, and that's why I love him. But I want to tell that story, so let's get into the take five. All right, here it is. You ready for this? Did he uh, brief you on the take five? Um, Yes. (laughs) Kind of. (laughs) I told him there's five questions. Five questions. All right, all right. Well, they're going to be fun, so here we go. Take five, question number one, Alex. Where is your favorite place you have traveled to? Probably... This region of the world that I'm not going to specifically say the region because it's unreached, but it's it's in Central Asia, and it's it's a region that is 99.9% unreached with the gospel, and the place that I visited was in a village 15,000 feet above sea level, and when I was there, I got to go to one of the temples of a of a, a different religion to the very top, and I got to pray for the, the the different religious people there at the temple, and I got to look over the whole valley as well. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That is incredible. Amazing, amazing. And so question number two of take five is what was your first job? This kind of goes back to the cut cover, although that was probably my first, first job, job was actually I was a child actor at Sight and Sound Theaters wow. when I was nine years old. Well, I thought it was gonna like, you know, that name Diener, that Lancashire County name. I was just, just like, I've been working seven two. What are you talking about? <laughs> Not quite nine, you know, nine. I waited a little bit on that one, but yeah, yeah. that was good. Yeah, plowing the fields. So a sight and sound actor at nine years old. Very yeah. awesome. Yeah. That's what cool. show was your first show? I was in Abraham and Sarah at the Living Waters Theater, and then I worked Miracle of Christmas and Ruth, and that was my career. And then I got, and then people said, "Why'd you stop?" And I was like, "Well, I was no longer a child, <laughs> so I couldn't be a child actor anymore." Uh, it makes sense. Yeah, uh, I love it. Question three for Take Five is who or what inspires you? So, at this point, I mean, this is an obvious answer, but yes, Jesus is my inspiration for everything. Um, but practically speaking in my life, my, my father has been the biggest role model in my life since I was born. And he's been the biggest representation of Jesus since I was born. And so mm. he inspires me to be more like Jesus. Awesome. Shout out to Amos. <laughs> Shout out, Dad. Thanks, Dad. I've been at the worship center <laughs> the last couple of weeks, and every time I see him, he's, he's just got a, a smile on his face. He's always serving. I'm like, what? Yeah. last week he was an usher. The week before that he was doing something else. I was like, where yeah. is this guy going? What is he doing? But Yeah, he's incredible. Good he's man. Awesome. Awesome. So question four for take five is what's the funniest or maybe most embarrassing thing that has ever happened to you? Oh, man. For the sake of time, i got to come up with one quick here, but I've done a, I've done a lot of those. Um, Any crazy travel stories? Or- yeah. Um, so, uh, uh, well, I'm learning Spanish. So this one's pretty fresh. So okay. I'm learning Spanish. So... Uh, as I'm learning Spanish, you say things sometimes that you don't realize what they mean. <laughs> so I was in, I was in a, a, a room of people, a room full of friends, and I was speaking Spanish um, and doing fine. And then I say this word that you wouldn't say ever with anyone. And I didn't realize what it was. And I, at this point, I, I've forgotten exactly what the word is. But the funny moment was in that moment of, of being so confident saying everything right until that one word when everybody starts laughing where they could, they, they laugh so hard they started crying. <laughs> And, and I, I, could, I, didn't, I didn't even know what I said. I thought I said something totally different, but I actually said something wrong and something bad. It was, just, it was like a bad swear word kind of thing. Oh, but man. it was just part of the process. So that was recently. My face got so red, and it was, it was great. And so I learned from it. So I haven't said it since. Okay, <laughs> that's good. That's, that's the good news. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's good. That's, that's good to know. Good. He's learning. Uh, oh, that's good so stuff. Our final question for Take 5, Alex, is what song or album are you playing on repeat right now? Right now, um, I'm playing this song called Touch of Heaven from Hillsong, the Hillsong's new album. Mm-hmm. And there's just something about 
whatever it is that was the inspiration behind the song, the, I know the presence of the Holy Spirit on it for sure is really, really just impacting me right now. Just about, about keeping my eyes fixed on things that are above and not on things that are on the earth. And really just living with that heavenly perspective. That's all that's sweet it. stuff. Awesome. Good he, stuff. He survived, man. Yeah, he did pretty well there. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm always excited uh, when I, I don't get to see you often, but when I do see you, Alex is just a guy that's just full of, like I said earlier, just he's passionate, he's energetic, he's just, he's somebody you're like, man, that guy makes me excited about life. And um, I knew this the first time I met you. I get this phone call from Alex Diener. And um, my sister, I think, had maybe given me a heads up, like, hey, we gave your name to Alex, you know, no pressure, you don't have to buy anything. And my wife and I, I think we were just married, like, we, you know, we didn't have any money, we're not, and, and so Alex comes, and he does his Cutco thing, and I remember sitting there, and at that time, you were still in college, I think yep. you were maybe 20, 21, yep. something like that. That's right. And, um, you know, so here I am, and I'm watching this dude, and I remember sitting back and just being like super super impressed because not only were like it, it wasn't just a, it was Alex was not a salesman it was just like here's the presentation he was so passionate he believed in the product he's given us these amazing uh, you know showing us different things and making us touch them hey feel this one cut with this you know he's giving us all the experiences with it and I just remember thinking Alex I remember thinking you left that house left the house that day and I looked at my wife because I told her that you were coming in this morning. I said, remember that guy, Alex, the Cutco guy? She's like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, he's coming on our podcast show. But I remember saying to her, like, that guy is going to be good at whatever he does. Whether he sells knives the rest of his life, whether he's a worship leader, whatever he does. like Child actor. Child actor. He's going to be really, really good. And I said, because he's just, you have a confidence about you. You have a, a uh, just a passionate mm -hmm. approach to life. And so that was um, how we got introduced to each other. Yeah. And I think then we kind of became official Facebook friends, which, you know, that, that <laughs> yeah, makes it official. Yeah. That's right, yeah. So I've been following Alex's journey uh, over the last couple of years um, and not being able to talk to you in person very often, but even from social media's perspective, mm -hmm. I have seen a shift and a change in your life. Mm -hmm. um, I've heard you speak at some different things. and watched you online and, and watched your experience as a missionary and I'm just blown away. I really am. I'm inspired. I'm, I'm actually somewhat convicted. Like it's amazing to watch you do what you're doing and that's why I wanted to have him on today. So I don't know if we want to start Stevie with his, his testimony, yeah. but Alex, if you just want to share a little bit yeah. about your background and how you got to where you're at today, that would be great. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for having me. It's, it's, yeah. it's such an honor because my heart, is is to see Jesus glorified in every area of my life, Amen. every area, and media is a big a big part of that, yeah. and uh, and I recognize that. And so my testimony is one where I was born and raised in Lancaster County, um, I you know kind of a Lancaster County Christian, you know it's it, it kind of thing where I grew up in a Christian home, grew up at worship center uh, church right down the road all my life, um, always loved church, always loved learning about God, experiencing God. I, I remember I was six years old. When I first had the, the revelation, the understanding that I'm separated from God, that, that I'm, I'm a sinner, that I need a Savior, and, and I wanted Him. And I remember the reality of that, and I accepted Him as my Lord and Savior when I was six. And then, and then for, for you know, many, years, many years after that, continuing to try to grow in Him and, and all of that. Um, and and I'll, I'll, I'll fast forward in my testimony in, in, until I got into high school, because it, at that point, um, that was where the rubber really started to meet the road for me. You know, that, that's where... Um, what I said and how I lived didn't start to match up with one another. 
when I was about 15, 16 years old, I, I started backsliding. I started really, really getting away from, from the simple faith. Uh, I started getting away from keeping Jesus as Lord because there's a difference between Jesus being Savior and Jesus being Lord because mm-hmm. anybody can accept Jesus as their Savior. I mean, I've traveled the world, and, and everybody loves to hear what Jesus did for them uh, to save them from their sin, but actually making him Lord of everything in their life where it's not just about Lord of your church service, mm-hmm. but it's actually not just on Sundays, but Monday through Saturday when you live every day of your life, is he Lord of every decision you make? That wasn't true in my life, mm-hmm. and I realize that now. So I look back at my life, and, and my testimony is one where I, I go to Conestoga Valley High School, um, and I get a girlfriend at that time, and I was the high school quarterback, and, there, and, and, and I, was, um, I got the Cutco job shortly after that, and there was a lot of things that were going really well for me in my life, to the point where I knew God up here, but down in my heart, I, I actually wasn't growing in the knowledge of Him. I actually wasn't reading my Bible. I wasn't praying. I, I, little by little, I was starting to get further and further away from the Lord, mm. um, to the point where this is an important part of my testimony because the Lord has set me free from sexual bondage. Because mm. when I was 12 or 13 years old, I got addicted to pornography. Mm. And, and, and I, nobody in the church was talking about it. And, and it, it was an awkward subject for many people to the point where nobody even talked to me about it. Nobody warned me about it. Nobody, um, I felt so much shame and condemnation every time that I went to it. And to the point where I was believing all the lies that no one would understand, mm. that, that I'm never going to change, that it's all my fault. Um, I, 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 wasn't, I wasn't having the perspective of the grace of God that was able to change me from this, uh, the, the blood of Jesus that actually bought my freedom from this bondage. I, I didn't see that perspective because I was blinded. And so this addiction continued on into, into high school when I had my girlfriend and all of that stuff. And it just led to just one step after another. It led to further and further secret sin that, that nobody else knew but the Lord. Um, and it got to the point where I went to college, still living in this lifestyle, still living this double life, which when I look in the Bible, I, I don't see something as, something as a double life. I see it's either you're fully in or you're fully out, right. truthfully. And so, I mean, the way I say it, though, is I had one foot in the church and one foot in the world for probably about four years from when I was 15, 16 years old and until about 20 years old. And I went to college in that time, and I, and I was still in this addiction. I had my girlfriend. I had my Cutco job. I, had, I was making a lot of money and all of this stuff. And I wasn't connected to any form of community. I would go to church on the weekends. And so here's the thing that I just want to, in my own heart, I would go to the church on the weekends and I would feel good. I would feel convicted on the weekends, but then I would leave from the church service and I would go live my life. I'd go back to my college campus. And and at that moment, I would go back and just live life however I wanted. But then as long as I was going to church on Sundays, I'd feel good about it. That's, that's where I was, and I'm just being completely honest about it, right. because that's where I was, and that's where my heart was. And so I, I would raise my hands in worship on Sundays, and, and I would want to change. I would say, I want to change. I don't want to be addicted to pornography. I don't want to be doing these things with my girlfriend. I don't want to. That's not who I was made to be. And I would feel that way on Sunday, but then I wouldn't do anything about it. And there wasn't anybody in that moment of my life speaking into my life actively. I, I wasn't seeking that out. Mm-hmm. If people were, were trying to to seek me out, I wasn't actually actively seeking them out in that place. So it wasn't a two-way relationship with anyone in that point. And so a moment I want to share is a really powerful moment where my dad had a huge impact in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I was about, I think I was about 19 or 20 years old. I was a sophomore in college. I was studying at Kutztown University. And I was just sick and tired of being sick and tired of, of feeling condemned, of feeling so ashamed, of feeling so dirty in this whole lifestyle. Um, which nobody knew about, because on the outside everything looked good. I, I've always been, I've always been a, a, 
a kind, I've always been a kind person, always been filled with joy and, and, and enthusiasm. That, that's just part of the way God made me. And so, it's, so that, that, that's how I was in front of everybody else. But in, in the background, my heart was slowly just starting to die, slowly. Um, and so I had enough with this. For, the, for about seven years, nobody knew about this. And so I felt convicted by the Holy Spirit. And I didn't recognize it as being him at the time. But I know now the Holy Spirit was convicting me and saying, that, that I want you to change and you want, you want to change. And I did. And so I, I sat down with my parents. And this is the hardest conversation I ever had in my life. This is about six years ago. I sat down with my mom and my dad. I told them, I need to have a conversation with you about something really important to me. And my dad goes, okay, can we talk right now? I said, no, we, I, I want to sit down and I want to share my heart. Because part of this backsliding process for me was I, I started getting further and further away from my parents. I got away from trust. I got away from vulnerability. I got away from accountability because I just would, would slip further and further away from letting them into my life. Right. Um, and, and that was a choice that I made to actively go away from that. So in this moment, I made the decision to say, no, I want to come back. I want, I want to step into the light. And I did. And I confessed everything in front of my mom and my dad for the first time in, in the seven years that I'd been living in this addiction. Wow. And I confessed it to them. And I, and I shared my heart. And they wept with me. And for about an hour, they just listened to me. And they wept with me. And, and I remember in that moment, my, my dad just gives me a big hug. And he wouldn't let me go. And my dad, he's not as much of a huggy kind of person. And, but I am. And he knows that about me. So he gives me a big hug because he knew that's what I needed. And he loved me right where I was at. And he gave me a big hug. And he grabbed me by the shoulders. And he looked me in the eyes. And my dad looks me in the eyes and says, Alex, you're my son. And I love you. And it, I don't care what you've done. Nothing is ever going to make me change my mind about you being my son. And I'm going to walk through this with you because you're my son and I love you. And it was in that moment that there was a shift for me where I had a revelation of God's grace that I can't be saved on my own works. It's not based on what I've done. It's based on God's initiative, but it's based on God's initiative and me saying, yes, God, I, I receive it with open arms and I receive your grace. And from that moment forward, something shifted. And over the next few years, the, the Lord used that moment to be a marking moment to set me on a path of, of, of starting to walk in freedom from, from, from that past of, of sexual addiction and sexual bondage and pornography to this point where now I'm completely free, where I've been walking in freedom now for, for, for over four years. The Amen. Lord set me free completely. And from that moment forward I, is, the, is the moment where I, I really started to take my faith seriously and I started to pursue Jesus, not for what he can do for me, but for who he is, mm -hmm. but for that he's Lord of my life. And that was about... That was about six, five or six years ago where I really started going after that. The Bible started coming alive to me. I, I had a powerful moment in the presence of the Holy Spirit where, where I, I experienced this, this tangible marking of the Holy Spirit where his, his presence was all over my body and I went to my knees and I was weeping and I was crying, crying out to God saying, Jesus, I just want you. Jesus, I just want you. Jesus, I just want you. And in that moment, I felt something lift off of me. And, and, and that was the moment that the, the addiction just was lifted off mm -hmm. of me and, and, and sovereignly in one moment. The Lord had answered my many prayers for years by, by little by little starting to, through accountability, through friendship, through, through all of that, all of that amazing discipleship stuff that, that, that it was impor so important for me. He started making me to a point where then I had a power encounter where his power moved through me in such a way that it just, it just ripped that, that even desire out of me where it hasn't, I haven't even been, been I haven't had that desire since. Mm -hmm. And he just ripped that, that out of me and, and now he's called me to walk in purity and I've been able to do that. Man, man. And wow. so that's, that's the, the, the short version of the testimony. <laughs> I know it's a little bit longer. Now, I would say that's probably the short version of the testimony. So, so, since that, so, so since that point, basically, I've been on this journey of saying yes to Jesus, whatever the cost. And so it's been 
it's been about five years now that I, I would say I've been all in for the gospel, mm. and I've, he's taken me to over 11 countries for the gospel. Um, I've seen hundreds of people saved, hundreds of people physically healed, testifying in front of me, doing things they couldn't do before, the doctor said were impossible, all of that stuff, all because I said yes to Jesus 100%, mm. and nothing else matters to me anymore Amen. in that sense. He's, he's my highest love, and so yeah, there's other things that are important in my life that are necessary, but they're all done in the perspective of Jesus now. Amen. It's amazing, 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 amazing. Just my goodness gracious. Um, yeah, I don't. I mean, I just don't have words for it, Alex. It's it's amazing to see what what the Lord has done in you and through you. And oh my goodness, it's it's incredible. But um, I I do want to kind of shift a little bit, and and I think it's very important for the listeners and viewers to understand where you came from, right? And, yeah. and where you're at now. But if you could, um, you know, you, you mentioned these miracles uh, that you're seeing um, happen, you know, and, and the Lord's using you, um, you know, to, to initiate and everything else. Talk a little bit about, um, I don't know, some of your experiences on the mission field right now. I mean, I, I, I see you, and, I, and you said it earlier before we started the show, but you're like, I'm an evangelist. That's what I do. Right. I'm an evangelist. And, uh, I mean, you, you fit the mark of an evangelist just now. You're so fired up when you're talking yeah. about Jesus. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, but kind of talk a little bit about, yeah, what you're experiencing out there. Um, maybe yeah. share a couple of miracles that the Lord's yeah. made you part of and everything else. So, so yeah. So before I, before I share that, I just want to preface it with a, just a, something really brief and say how for me, when I, as I began, like I said, with my test and starting with my testimony, when I really started diving into the Bible, it was, it was reading through the Bible that got me hungry for, for really going hard after Jesus, going hard after preaching the gospel, believing God for miracles. And, and, and as I was reading the Bible, I, I began to realize that I live a supernatural life. We, we all do. Every believer, every one of us, we're all, we're all spiritual, supernatural beings first, mm -hmm. that we're created to, to connect with God forever. Like we were created with that. And, I, and we also have a body and we live on this earth, but ultimately like this body, one day I'm going to put this off and I'm going to put on my heavenly body and I'm going to, I'm going to have a glorified body. So, so when I read through the Bible, I'm realizing I, that I'm meant to live a supernatural lifestyle on this earth because I read the Bible. And this is a supernatural book. You can't read the Bible without looking and seeing some of the things that Jesus did, the apostles did, the New Testament, some of the, some of the crazy miracles that happened and be like, man, I, I want more of God and I want more of this. I don't, I don't know how to get it, but I want more of it. And that was the beginning of my journey where I saw it in the Bible, and there's this verse in John, in John chapter 14, and in context, you know, Jesus is at the Last Supper, and, and he's about to go up and be crucified, and all of that, so he's giving, like, his last thoughts to his disciples before he's crucified, right? And, and in that context, he's talking to them about going and preparing a place for them, and, and all of that stuff, and then he says this line, he's, he says to his disciples, he says, if you don't believe in the words I say, that, that I am who I say I am, at least believe in the works that I do. Because the works prove to you that I am in the Father and the Father's in me. And then John 14, 12, he says, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will do the same works that I have done and even greater works because I go to the Father. Implying that he's about to send the Holy Spirit. The same spirit that was in Jesus is going to be in us through the same works. Why? So that the Father would be glorified in the Son. So the works are always meant to glorify the Son. And, and, I, and for me, I read that verse and I said, Jesus, if you're going to receive glory in this, I want it because it's in your word. And if you're going to receive glory in this, I want it. So that's the thing I want to preface, is, is he wants to receive glory of, in all of the nations. And so, and so as I traveled around the world, I, you know, I went to Mozambique, 
Africa where, where the Lord, there's just been revival in the, in the aspect of that the gospel is spreading, where, where a country that was completely of another faith is, is coming to be f over 50% Christian now, where the blind are seeing, the deaf are hearing, the, 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 the lame are walking. I, I have a, pers a personal friend of mine who's Mozambican, has prayed for multiple people that were dead. Medically, the doctors came and confirmed everything. He prayed for them, and they, and they came back to life in the name of Jesus, and the whole villages were saved. Wow. So it, it led to people coming to Jesus. It led to the gospel being preached because the Bible says that the signs and wonders always confirm the word that was preached. Amen. So it'll always confirm what God's already said. Yep. And so I was in Mozambique, and um, I remember this one testimony. Uh, this was three years ago when, when, I was, when I was on the mission field. And, um, and I was in this village in Africa, and, and, and we, we, we met this, this older, this older uh, what we call a mama, this, this, older, this older woman sitting in her house who couldn't walk. She was completely lame. She was of a different faith at the time. She had, she had heard of Jesus, but she said, I, I can't go to church because I can't walk. So the moment that I can walk to church, I'll find out more about Jesus. Mm -hmm. And we said, you don't have to go to church to find more about Jesus. We'll tell you right now. And before we tell you about Jesus, let us pray for you because we know that Jesus has power, that he can heal you. So we pray for her. And after about 15, 20 minutes of praying for her, she stands up and walks around to the point where she, she comes back walking completely. She was lame. She couldn't walk on her own strength. She's walking back and forth. I have videos of this and everything. Mm -hmm. She comes back and she says, and she laughs. And, and in African culture, it's not that common to laugh after this happens, but she laughs because she's so filled with joy. She laughs and says, okay, great. Now I'll go to church to find out about Jesus. And, wow. and then we laughed and said, that's great, but we can tell you about Jesus right now. <laughs> the one who just healed you is Jesus. Let mm -hmm. us tell you about Jesus. So we shared the gospel. She got born again. She received Christ. She got a Bible. She got baptized. Wow. There was a church in the village. That village was formerly unreached, but now there's actually a, there was an Irish church planted in the village hmm. where they got to disciple them and they got to lead them in the things wow. of Jesus and all of that. Um, so, so that happened. I want to share another a really another really unique testimony about about the power of the power of the name of Jesus. I was in Nepal um, on another trip with Iris. I was in um, Kathmandu, Nepal, and I was riding a bicycle through the town. And I was biking everywhere because that's just the way you get around there. It's actually more efficient than cars there. It's awesome. And, and, and I was biking up where, where we were stopped at traffic's crazy in this part of the world. And so there's probably 100, 100 taxi cabs backed up. And, and I'm, I'm, I have my bicycle. So I, with the bicycle, I go to about the, the 10th spot in line. And I'm right beside a taxi. So there's a taxi on the right-hand side. And there's these young Nepali guys that are just being just loud and belligerent and, and, and they saw I was obviously not Nepali. I'm, I'm American. I'm white. So they say, so they start talking to me in, 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 in their broken English and they start talking to me and all this stuff. And, and I just feel prompted to tell them about Jesus. And I say, Hey, I just need to tell you guys that Jesus loves you and he wants to change your life. And, and they look at each other and laugh and they laugh back at me and say, well, Buddha loves you. And there Buddha loves you. And I said, you're wrong. Buddha doesn't love me. He's dead. And I took a bold move right wow. there, and I said, Buddha's not alive, Jesus is alive, and I'm going to prove it to you. Let me see your hand. I grabbed the guy's hand, and I just prayed a simple prayer, and all I prayed was, Jesus, show them how real you are. Show them how alive you are. They begin to tremble. Mm -hmm. they're, they're sitting in this taxi cab trying to mock Jesus, and they're trembling, and, and they're, they're starting to shake under the power of God, and I'm saying, Jesus, give them more, give them more, give them more. And, and, and again, in their broken English, they say to me, what are you doing right now? And they're sitting there shaking, and they're, what are you doing right now? I said, the Jesus that you don't believe in is touching you right now because he's alive, because he's risen from the grave, because he's not dead anymore, because he wants a relationship with you. What do you think about Jesus? They're like, 
I don't know what to think about Jesus. I'm a little scared. Wow. And the fear of the Lord came over them. But, but I got to share the good news with mm. them from that moment where they, they didn't want to hear anything about Jesus at first, where they actually wanted to hear about the good news. I got to share the, the gospel, his death, his resurrection, and how he's alive. Wow. And that happened. Wow. Um, yeah. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> amazing. Amazing. So, I mean, I know you've got plenty more stories. Uh, I, I remember watching one uh, that you had put on Facebook. Um, and you said you, you don't do this to obviously boast in the works that God, you know that, that that you're doing, but it goes to glorify Jesus. But I think it was a really good thing for me to see. Yeah, and I'm like, wow, this is what Alex is up to. This is how the Lord's using Alex yeah. and how how Jesus is being glorified, right? But there was a video, and, and remind me if I'm wrong. I believe somebody that couldn't hear yeah. out of their right or left ear mm -hmm. or whatever. That's right. And and the Lord prompted you, or you yeah. had asked the guy like. Is there, is there an ailment or? Actually, the guy stopped us. We were in Kenya. Kenya. I was in Kenya walking down the street, and the guy stopped this older gentleman, probably in his 70s or 80s, stops us. And, and he saw us, and he goes, do you guys, do you guys have, a, have a Bible? And we said, huh, I mean, not with us right now, but the church has a Bible. And that prompted us to start talking to him. And I said, do you need, do you need healing? And he says, yes. He said, I can't hear out of my one ear. So we prayed for him and, and the whole team. I, I gathered everyone together. We all prayed for him together. And, and, he, and he, started, he started testing it out. As well as he, he also had a back problem. He started moving around. He started going. He started going up and down. He started throwing punches in the air and completely healed. And, and then he goes to the church the next day. He gets his Bible. We share the gospel. He receives Jesus. Hmm. And and he initiated. Later he said to me. He said, um, I said, why'd you stop for me? Because you stopped us. He said, when you when you walked by, and and I don't make this up. He said, when you walked by, he said there was something inside of me saying I need to stop for this man because he's a man of God, hmm. wow. and and he's going to tell you the truth. And so he stopped, and, and his natural response was to ask for a Bible, because that's all he knew. He knew that if he needed to know God, he needed to ask for a Bible. So that's what prompted him, is he said, I knew you were a man of God, and when I, saw, when I looked into your eyes, I saw something different. I saw some light hmm. coming over your eyes. Wow. And that's Amazing. what made me want to stop. That's incredible. Oh, man. I don't know, Stevie. I don't know where we go from here, but um, it's, well, it's, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I'd love to just kind of for the listeners hear a little more about how you got connected with Iris Global. Yeah. And kind of tell us a little bit about Iris. Absolutely. So, so I got connected with Iris. Um, Iris is an international Christian missions organization and NGO um, that has bases all over the world. But they, they, were, they, were, they were started in, in Mozambique. Um, Mozambique is really where God re really, really sent the missionaries over 20 years ago. And I got connected with them because I heard of their founders, Heidi and Roland Baker. They, they speak at different conferences around the world. Um, but it was actually, a, again, we live supernatural lives. And so God loves to speak in supernatural ways. He gave me a dream one night that I was in Africa in the back of this truck with, with uh, one of the founders, Heidi Baker, was to my right-hand side. And in the dream, I was having this dialogue with her saying, Heidi, when am I coming back to Africa again? And she says, Alex, God is going to send you back to America, and then he'll bring you back to Africa. And then I woke up. And then I had never been to Africa, so, which, was, which was an interesting dynamic because in the dream, she said, when are you coming, when are you coming back to Africa? Mm -hmm. uh, she, or she said, you're going to come back to Africa. And, um, and then the Lord led me completely every step of the way to get connected with Iris, to hear about the school, to apply for the school, and then to go. But it all started because of a dream that God gave me that he confirmed every step of the way. And that's how I got connected. So I know I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. Wow. That Amazing. there's no, there's no doubt in my mind on that. And, um, and Iris, yeah, Iris is a holistic missions organization that seeks to see revival birth among the poor, among the broken, among the crippled, the lame, the blind, the places in society that nobody else goes. Wow. So, so I would say that the niche or the, the unique 
the uniqueness of IRIS as a missions, because there's a lot of missions organizations, and they're all really, really good. The, the uniqueness of IRIS is that we don't, we go to the lowest places. Mm. We go to the lowest places, we go to the garbage dumps, we go to the, the brothels, we go to the prisons, we go to where the places where there's addicts, and, and we look to, to see the gospel go to them first. And we'll, we love everyone else around us while we go, but, but, but our target, our aim is to go and love the unlovables, lo love the ones in society that people have written off and say that they're not worth anything anymore, that wow. they don't have value, they don't have dignity. That's, that's the core of Iris, that we go to seek revival among, among, among those, those people. Wow. And so that, that's a little bit about, about Iris mm -hmm. and about what Iris is doing right now around the world. And obviously you are a long-term, full-time missionary right now? I am. I'm actually, Worship Center here in Lancaster is actually my home covering church. Awesome. So, so they're my home sending church. So I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a missionary under Worship Center's covering. Um, and I've been for the last three years. But I'm, I'm long-term in Reynosa, Mexico with Iris's base, which is called Kaleo International down there in that part of the world. We're, we're called Kaleo International. And, um, and I'm, I'm fully on board and I'm learning Spanish and... It's going well, and I know the Lord's called me to the nations, and so I've already gotten to travel to six nations this year to preach the gospel, but home base is Reynosa, Mexico for me. And it's, Amazing. It's awesome. Well, so. Is there a way for our listeners out there to support you in any way, whether it's financially, through prayer? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. So everything is listed through Worship Center's website. It's, uh, I believe, worshipcenter.org um, slash global partners, mm -hmm. um, and you can go to that, and my name's under there. It gives, it gives my bio, it gives my information, and then there's giving links in terms of anyone wants to, wants to support the ministry, or my ministry personally, and my missions work financially, and then there's also a, a place to sign up for my email newsletter as well. Awesome, Just to email, e there's an email there, just send me an email, I'll add you to my email newsletter awesome. as well, and connect to my Facebook and all that stuff. Very cool. So listeners, viewers, um, boy, there's a lot of a lot of great things out there and a lot of great people doing great things, but um, and if you just feel so compelled after hearing Alex's journey and what he's doing, uh, go to worshipcenter.org backslash global partners. Yes, backslash global partners. And awesome. uh, give him some some support. That would be great. Um, man, oh man, Alex, we just we thank you for coming on today and, and sharing. Yeah. Um, this is a little bit outside of, I mean, typically our <laughs> our whole kind of podcast purpose is to kind of tie everything back to mentorship and discipleship, but that's what you're doing. I mean, you're out there, you're, you're discipling the nations. Yep. Uh, you're a man of many nations. I love how you worded that in your, <laughs> yeah, in your bio. Awesome. Um, but I look back and I see the power of a father, mm -hmm. the, the power yeah. of your dad. And, yeah. and, and even before you were you coming out and, and confessing, you know, and, and coming clean, like yeah. even before that, you said like he was the model. Um, yep. And that, right. to our viewers and listeners, is is a powerful, mm. powerful thing to take away. It is absolutely, um, yeah. To say like, hey, we we need to make sure that we're on top of our game as fathers. Like that's mm -hmm. our children are watching, and um, man, just just an amazing, amazing story. And uh, Alex, I'm I'm just I'm, I'm inspired by by how God's using you and and your passion for the gospel and your passion to live. Uh, fully devoted to Jesus Christ. I love what you said in the very beginning. This is what I'm taking away from this. Is Jesus my Savior or is he my Lord? Yeah. Like, right. you know, because that, that, that is, there's a distinction there. Yeah. And and I I take that away and I receive that this morning like to be like, wow. Praise God. <laughs> that is, uh, I wrote it down. Like, yeah, wow. I just said, like, is, is he my Savior or do I make him my Lord over That's everything? Right. That's know, right. In all my actions and all my thoughts. So, uh, just amazing, amazing stuff. Steve, wow. I don't know if you have any final closing thoughts for him, but yeah, it's phenomenal. Um, we 
just appreciate your time. I know you're you're a busy man. He's only home for four days, and we managed to get him on the podcast. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, and this was uh, it was what eight o'clock Eastern Standard. This was seven seven o'clock Mexico time for me. So I was like, Jesus, help me, you know. But can I say one last thing? I know I know we're getting along here. There's yeah. one quick testimony I want to share, and it happened in Lancaster County, and that's wow. that's why I want to share this for anyone who's still who's still listening to this. And it's at, it was with a man named Mike Glick. I'm not sure if if, if you're related to Mike Glick, but. Anyway, so so I was at a service at Worship Center's young adult group called the Living Room, and, and Mike had a had a boot over his foot, and I saw him when I walked into the building, and I wanted to pray for him because I pray for people everywhere I go in America across the mission field, and I, and I see God do the same things. So to keep it quick, I, I asked the Lord. I said, Lord, if you want me to pray for him, he, there's like 700 people here. Would would you make it clear? Would you would you bring him to me? So I'm talking to people at the very end of the service. There's like 20 people left in the building, and he's one of them. Mm-hmm. And I'm walking over, and he starts walking next to me. And I'm like, all right. So I, I'm like, I got to pray for him now. So, so I, I asked him what happened, and he had a, an accident at work, and he went to the doctor, and they got x-rays, and, and he was like, the doctor said it was broken, and he was going to have to get surgery and all this stuff. It had just happened like three or four days before. He, there, he was still feeling a lot of pain. And I said, hey, man, I, I've seen Jesus heal people um, all over the world. Can I pray for you? And he looks at me with that look of like, I'm not sure if I believe you right now, <laughs> but, but you have a lot of faith, so I'll let you do it anyway. So a group of people then gathered around me, and started praying with me. So it was, I, I started it, but then other people gathered around me. So we all prayed together. And, and, and after I prayed, he said, I said, what do you feel? He said, I feel something happening in my foot. I feel like the tingles. Mm. I feel the tingles, like the pins and needles. I was like, is that good? He's like, yeah, because I can't feel the pain. So we prayed a second time. And after we prayed the second time, he said he felt like heat going into, going into his, his foot, going into the bone. And he felt something actually shifting in his foot. He said it felt so numb to the point where I asked him to take the boot off. And, and he's like, well, you know, he still was like, I'm not sure. So, but eventually he, on his own, in his own will, he took the boot off. He started slowly walking little by little a, around the building to the point where he started walking and, he's, and, he, and he goes like this and goes, I can't believe this. And then he starts to cry hmm. because he realized that his foot was completely healed. Wow. He started jumping up and down. He started running up and down. And he, and he went, he, I got his contact information. He goes to the doctor uh, maybe a, a week or two later and they get another x-ray and the doctor said, you know, it, it was never, they said it's not broken. And they were like, I, we don't think it ever was. Even though he got previous x-ray that said it was, hmm. they couldn't believe what happened. Wow. And, and, and he told me later, he said, when you prayed for me, I didn't believe anything was going to happen. But, and I say that, so this last, this closing thought is to say this to the viewers that are still, still listening or still watching that, that the Lord wants to do the same thing here as he's doing there, because Amen. it's the same Jesus, it's the same gospel. Mm-hmm. It's how, how do we see him and how do we see what God's doing? And are we going to conform our mindset and what we believe in our faith to what God says based on in his word? Or are we going to allow our circumstances and what we see with our natural eyes to say, no, that's, that's what I'm going to see mm-hmm. is what I see with my natural eyes or what I'm going to see with my eyes of faith. And so I just want to share that because God can do it here in Lancaster County as well. That's phenomenal. Amazing. Yeah, I think it's, it's much like kind of what we read in the Bible. We see these stories of miracles and they seem so far away and foreign and much like what we see around the world. We hear of all these stories of healing and miracles taking place, whether it's in Africa or Central America. And I think we kind of have this thought in our head that it can't happen to myself or to hear to us here in Lancaster County. So that's that's phenomenal. So is it okay if I just do a quick prayer over anyone listening? Absolutely. If they have any physical pain in their body or, or even just there's something that's the Lord speaking to them about right now in their heart and they really yeah. just want to get free. Absolutely. Yes. So Father, right now, I, I thank you for your love. I thank you for your grace. I thank you for the cross. Mm. Father, I thank you for what the Apostle Paul says, that when I came and I preached, that, that I didn't preach with, with, with man's wisdom or with, with words to try to convince people with human reasoning, but I, but I preached 
Jesus Christ and him crucified. Yes. And, and I came with the power of the gospel so that people's faith would not rest in the wisdom of men, but it rests on the power of God. So in this moment, Lord, I just, I, I, I pray over and I speak over every person that's listening. And I ask you to, by the power of your spirit, by the power of your love, to draw them closer to yourself. I ask you to draw them closer to, to the, the true gospel, to the gospel of Jesus Christ, that, that they would see you for who you truly are. And even in this moment, I just take authority over any sickness, over any pain, over any addiction that people have been walking in. And I just declare healing and freedom and deliverance over their bodies from the top of their head to the bottom of their feet. I thank you that, that your, your word says in Isaiah 53 that by your stripes we are healed. And I thank you, Lord, that you've healed us, you've healed our physical bodies, that you've, you've restored our souls, and, and you've actually renewed our spirits to be made in, in right relationship with the Father. And so I thank you for that. And I just I bless every viewer that even as they're listening to this, that they would begin to test out their bodies as they're listening to this, and they would begin to, to feel and see a change all because of, of your power and all because of your love. And so I, I bless them as they listen to this, that they, that they would become more in love with Jesus today than they've been yesterday, and that, they would, that there would be something that they would change in their life, that they would start to shift so that you'd become Lord of their life. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Woo! Yes. I'm ready to go, like, just <laughs> let's kick go Satan people. in his teeth, man. <laughs> let's, let's go to Reynosa, man. Let's yeah, go. Yeah, holy night. <laughs> Oh, I love it. And well, love Alex, it. again, it was an honor, man, to have you. We thank you for your time today, man. It was thank just you guys. an incredible testimony, incredible to see what God's doing in your life and, and all over the world. Yeah, just phenomenal. Just good yeah. stuff. Good stuff. Well, Stevie, let's wrap up here um, and kind of give them what's coming up this month. Yeah, what's, we, what's coming up in the near future, I should say. Yeah, we got the Extra Give, which is a 24-hour day of giving on November 16th. So that's coming up in less than two months. Yeah, we're trying to raise a hundred thousand dollars in twenty-four hours. Hundred thousand uh, dollars, and I yeah. believe that we're going to see that happen, and uh, we're going to experience that. And you know, that that all those funds, all that support, it, it goes right to the programs and services yeah. of what we're doing and trying to mentor and disciple men throughout the yep. world. So, yeah, um, big time. And you're not just you're not just impacting one man. You know, you're transforming men, you're transforming families, you're transforming churches and communities. So, yeah, yeah we hope you guys can. Uh, Come out and help support us on that day. Extragive.org for more information. Yeah, and then we've got uh, December, short, shortly after the Extra Give, uh, we are heading down to uh, just outside Tampa, Florida. It's about an hour outside Tampa, Florida to Streamsong Golf Resort and Spa. Uh, we're heading down there with um, we're first 20 couples that sign up. It's a fundraiser for us uh, where we're taking couples down there as a little retreat getaway right before the holidays hit. And... Um, it's basically, we're partnering with One Life Institute uh, here in Lancaster, the Gap Year program, and they're taking their supporters away. We're taking some of our supporters away, uh, and we're doing a little Ryder Cup golf action in a Iron versus One Life. So yeah. if you're interested in taking, getting away for a couple days on a beautiful uh, resort in Florida in December for some warm weather um, and, and want to take your spouse along, uh, it's going to be a great opportunity. Who, for, does, who doesn't want to go to Florida in, in December? Right, I know. If you don't want to go to this, uh, Florida in December, I would question your love for Jesus. But anyway, <laughs> um, yeah. So, Stevie, give us some final thoughts, man. Yeah. So, if, uh, if this is your first time hearing about Men of Iron through our podcast, go to menofiron.org. Check us out for more information. You can find the podcast on iTunes. Go in there and leave us a five-star review with a comment. Here it always says. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You've got to leave a comment. Yeah, you got to leave a comment. Don't just give a star without a comment, you know. <laughs> And you can find uh, find us on iTunes. You can just go on the podcast app if you have an iPhone, or you can go to menofiron.org backslash MOI podcast, and you can find us on there and subscribe. And we're also, you're probably potentially viewing this on Facebook or YouTube as well, so you can check us out 
we're all over the place. All People probably sick of us, but it's okay. <laughs> it's all for him. Well, that's it. Thank you to our sponsor, Dish Works, for episode 11 of the Men of Iron podcast. Oh, man, this is my favorite part of the podcast. So I sign off everyone like this. You ready, Alex? Yeah, I'm ready. You say, blessings and honor and glory and power forever. And that's how we end them. <laughs> See you guys.